I, I just I just want her to actually do it, and I don't think she'll do it unless I make her. Welcome to Stuck at Home with Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. Here are your hosts, Jason Smith and Cliff Dorfman. Huzzah! Welcome. New week, new episode of Stuck at Home with me, Cliff Dorfman, and... Uh, Oh, it's me, the ghost of the guy who used to work on the sinks, the plumber of this house. Woo! Jason Smith. Be scared. This is what happens after a weekend. I know. Well, it's Halloween setup time. And so I've been doing, we've been doing all the different, uh, uh, different uh, decorations around the house. Mm -hmm. And I just found like a, like one of those sheets that you can project like a holographic ghosts onto. So I'm looking into some of that stuff. Cause I don't like, yeah, oh. yeah. And you got a projector, ghost. and I just want to reflect some ghosts. I want to have some murders that are happening in the windows. I want a vertigo situation to happen this year, where somebody isn't sure if somebody in this house has been murdered, and would have to come over in a very embarrassing situation to find out if that was it happened or not. That's I what I'm. That's what I'm going window for. Window is what you want. Yeah, uh, yeah, not vertigo. Also a vertigo situation. I want. I want to throw somebody really down point tower. But mostly. But mostly, yes. Uh, you're right. I meant. Uh, I. <laughs> rear window. Rear window. Yeah, they're both with the same guy. What is it, Jackie? Jackie Cooper or no? Uh, the guy. Yeah, you know Jimmy Gary, Stewart. Gary, Jimmy Stewart, Jackie yeah. Cooper, Gary, Mickey Rooney, Mickey Rooney. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's the goal this year. Is I wanted I I I was looking at some stuff, and you could get like videos, and you have haunted ghosts in the house everywhere, or or I guess you could have the gorillas playing in your house, or whatever. But that's that's my goal this year. The gorillas. The gorillas. I I remember one a couple of years ago. They had like an old woman playing piano. Yeah. You know, I was like, that was like a couple of years ago. I was like, oh, that's crazy. Oh no, no, they actually have whole DVDs that you just basically play against a projector, and so you could have like a witch chasing somebody around and a bunch of ghosts, or like. A Frankenstein coming at people. Yeah. How, how does this How does this work though? If you do all the debt, like, isn't it the unspoken rule? If you have decorations, people trick or treat. Um, I, I maybe I'll get just a big COVID um, virus that just comes out and just like infects everybody, and it's like you stay away. Like, and I mean it. Like, I'm pretty sure now Homeland Security's tracking this. That's <laughs> a really genius thing to say. I mean, no, but seriously though, if you have all this stuff up, which is awesome, and I know how into the spirit of Halloween you and uh, Steph and I'll Sarah put a bucket are. of Perel outside, and everybody, all the kids will just egg my house. That's maybe how it'll work. Well, but I'm saying, but you're not opening the door for candy. No, no, uh-uh, right? uh-uh. And are you putting candy in a thing no, in the front? Uh-uh, right. No, no, no. We're 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 locking the gate. But I'm we asking a gate. question though: Is it or is it not? And this is I'm trying to learn uh, an unspoken rule that if you have decorations up with lights on, people can ring your bell. Um, if you have your porch light on, yes, I think. And okay, I guess you're kind of right. People are going to think it's the house, <clears throat> but we will definitely make it clear, and maybe we won't turn the lights on for that day. Maybe it'll be one of those things where we celebrate Halloween every day except on Halloween. Oh, that's interesting. And then like maybe you could change the sound of your doorbell, and it'll go just when it rings, and people go COVID. Yeah, just it go just, away. COVID. That's what, that's what it does. COVID. And that's yeah. like, oh, I get it. And don't ring the doorbell. Yeah. That's it. Okay. But you're still, that, that, you still, you got everything working. Because I was thinking about that. Like, I'd like to get into the spirit, but I don't want anyone coming out to the house. Oh, no. The, the, the things that you can do right now, you can get pinatas. Mm-hmm. You can decorate. Mm-hmm. You can just eat a lot of candy. You can do human and or goat sacrifice. All these things are safe. Yeah, and legal, I believe, goat and sacrifices. Because yeah. it's not considered a sacrifice. Yeah. I think goats don't have rights. No, goats don't have rights. <laughs> neither, do, sure. neither do humans that need to be sacrificed. They, they, I mean, they lose they all gave rights. up their rights by being, <laughs> um, being eligible. For, yeah, being by being by chosen. Exactly. Who has no you know, uh, uh, validity to choose them. That's uh, right. Yeah, it's preordained. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. You have a good weekend? I did. I did. I'm excited to talk about um, get into all this stuff. You ready? I, I am. Yeah. We Should we just jump into this? Because you're talking about Halloween and we're talking about spirits and that is a pretty good segue. I mean, like, I don't even have to make one up no. for uh, the haunting of the of Bly Manor. Weird yeah. how that works, huh? How, weird how I started talking about ghosts and haunted houses right before our, our you next guest. You walked me into it, didn't you? I know. Weird. Yeah, like really something. Like the gallows. Woo! Um, okay. They say that one didn't work. I know it didn't. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I know, but that's okay. At least you know. It's not like it's not like you're staying in it. Uh, that being said, though, it is true. Ghosts, Halloween, COVID, all of that leads us very easily into 
The Haunting of Bly Manor on Netflix, which, how big is this show now? Is it big? Is it Yeah, not? it's big. It's the number one show. It, it, it overtook Who Be Halloween as the number one show on Netflix right now. I mean, so that basically is like saying uh, shit big. overtook sewage for- Yeah, we don't know. No, 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 no. I don't know. Actually, Bly, I want to talk about because it's not shit. I'm saying, but Hubie, I watched it. We're going to talk about it. Okay. But I don't want to I mean, we're going to talk about it. All that right. being said, though, with Bly, we have Josh Wiggler here from The Hollywood Reporter, and we're going to lace into it. He's watched all nine episodes just like we have. So uh-huh. I'm going to get into this with him with no further ado, because there is so much- to talk about. So without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Josh Wiggler from The Hollywood Reporter. I, yeah. uh, What's up, buddy? I am feeling very unprepared <laughs> because I thought we were talking about Hubie Halloween. Yeah. Uh, so so <laughs> Listen, that's what I, I, I watched that nine times. I think we maybe got things mixed up in the correspondence. Uh, and I it's that still I was supposed to watch it nine times. Yeah. It still would have been quicker. It was really good on the, you know, like the, the the first one I was surprised it was pretty good. And then I got to like the fourth watch and I was starting to like, uh, this is starting to really repeat it's really it. wear on you? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of like uh, one of the episodes in Bly Manor, actually. I don't want to, I don't want to okay. spoil that until we no, get into the spoiler into so, territory. So but. let's start. So first of all, Josh, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Cliff. I Thank appreciate it. Thank you for being it. here. Yeah. I'm very much looking forward to talking to you about this. Before we do, anyone who has not watched all nine episodes of The Haunting of Bly Manor on you're, you're in trouble here. Yes, spoiler alert. You should probably turn this off, watch it, and then listen to this. Otherwise, just listen to this and don't watch it. Those like are this two is, choices. That's the option is like, yeah. <laughs> if you're just like, what happened in it? I've the, too many things to watch. I got to watch Hubie Halloween for the 14th time. And right. like, you just can't get into Blind Man or like, we'll just spoil the crap out of it. Yeah, like, but if you have a Zoom where you know it's going to be talked about, like one of those Zoom cocktails, then just click this on and we'll give you all the cliff notes. That's a good point, too. That's a yep. great idea. Yeah. Yep. Cliff and Josh notes for uh, yes, the that's right. That's Bly right. Manor I'll, I'll just like underline your notes. Uh, <laughs> Either way, no, I yeah, want to hear yeah. what you have to say. So let's get into this. Nine sure. episodes. Uh, they're doing this as a standalone. They're trying to do like what they're doing with, you know, with American Horror Story. It's kind of like a, like a classy American Horror Story, right? Like, uh, like American Horror Story is the horror anthology show where they're going to like throw like aliens and vampires and like space pirate prostitutes all in like one and season. Yeah, and they're going to yeah. throw you like 4,000 <laughs> years in the future and you're gonna like worship <laughs> at the heels of the donkey god uh and then like blind manor is like really like the haunting right. series is like we're ghost stories we're in a haunted house we're gonna tell you some ghost stories in a haunted house and that's like the context and like there's a lot of broken people and we're gonna tell you about the broken people i think it's a it's a it's a much classier affair uh but it's certainly i think netflix trying to get into that uh uh american horror story sort of anthology game yeah, so let's let's start there. So we're watching this one of the one of the many trailers, I'm sure. And, yep. Uh, what's her name? Victoria Pedretti is mm-hmm. from you is the uh, the female lead, the the yeah, old pair. And previously uh, seen in the Haunting of Hill House, uh, one of the one of the many holdovers from because uh, there's a ton of cast crossover, right? Um, you know, this is also created by Mike Flanagan, who did the first uh, who did the Haunting of Hill House. So a lot of these actors are uh, are transferring from from that first season to this one. Yeah, like the gardener. Yeah. Is yep. that his wife? Um, like one of them's his wife. Yeah. So his wife is. Oh gosh, I'm blanking on. Yeah, you the, see, but it is, isn't it? Yes. One um, of them is. His. We'll get his, back to it. Jason will come up with it. So Kate Siegel is is his wife, and she plays um, the woman that you see in that penultimate episode uh, in the in the flashbacks. Yeah. The uh, the Viola. The right. Viola correct, correct. All right. Correct. So we'll get there, which is episode yep. nine. So now at least I understand why that's in there. Yes. So, yes. you know, that was like either be in there. He's going to have a bad year this year, especially right. under quarantine. He yes. had to put it. I have an episode. It's all you. Right. It's happening. <laughs> have fun. We'll explain what yeah. goes on at Bly yeah. and you'll be the cause of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Did you like this? You've, so you you went through the whole thing? Oh, yeah. I went through the entire thing. OK, here. Do I like it? Um I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Yeah, sure. Uh, first question I'm going to ask you is, do you feel like sometimes that, now Victoria Pedretti, she was first in Hill House, right? Correct. Yeah. I think then that she, she got you. Are we, are we allowed to do uh Hill House spoilers in here or should we, we'll keep those separate. She has a, yeah, she's we'll a very, separate. very important role in the haunting of Hill House. Right. Uh, but that was previous to you. Yes, that's right. right. So, so this is the question I want to ask you, right? Do you feel like you, you know, they found something in her and they put her in you and now they're putting her back in this. And I feel like it's sometimes it felt a little shoehorned. Yeah. I don't know if you felt that at all. The casting of her. Yes. Um, well, I think that there is this idea of like, 
is this going to be that American horror story thing where like the third haunting is also going to be using like a ton of different actors um, from this. And I got to say that it's typically just like not my favorite thing generally mm-hmm. as a, as a consumer, like you see one Sarah Paulson character and like, you've seen them all like to, to a certain degree, <laughs> like in that context, you know, I'm like not against what you're saying, you know? And so like for, for me, um, like you really got to be doing something very, very, very different. And I think so Victoria Pedretti, she's playing Danny. She's like, the you know the the new au pair at Bly Manor and much of the story is kind of threaded through her um and it 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 did feel to me like there were a lot of other characters that I was just so much more interested in um you know I think like her character gets more interesting towards the end and like you know she makes you know a big choice in that final episode I I thought was like kind of like a, a a compelling meditation on like living with the knowledge that something horrible is going to happen like how do you still find joy in that yeah like genealogically you know you're going to get cancer but you you know within a certain amount of time but how can i be happy in these five ten whatever years i think that there's there's a lot of beauty in that idea uh and so i i I think that they expressed that really well in that final episode but um i think a lot of the the ride up to that um was and i think that that's like less even less about victoria pedretti but just like to like turn it in in the broader view is like this feels like a slower show than the haunting of hill house and not not necessarily that that's a bad thing but i think it's like it's like a more mournful tone and it's like by design when you get to the end of it it's like if this felt less scary i think that's because like it was designed to be a little less scary than than hill house which which by the way i don't mind i'd rather i'd rather crawl around in the psychology of things you know much more and that that could scare me a lot more so that being said, let's let's start from the beginning with Carla Gugino being uh, doing an Irish accent, which I love, and she's mm-hmm. a national treasure. She's in my, incredible. She's a national treasure, that woman. I mean, she is really one of the best out there. She can do anything. Yes. She's nailing the Irish accent. They've got that gray hair on her. She's still gorgeous. Yes. She's supposed to be 60. She probably looks it but doesn't. Like She yes. still looks like, like Sophia Loren. Am I wrong so far? No, she's incredible, and uh, incredible. it was a nice surprise too because they like, didn't, they didn't, they did not lead with the fact that Carl Gugino was in the show. Yes, uh, not that she was the gardener or anything. I no, didn't they, pick they, it up either. They didn't tell you a thing mm-hmm. uh, that she was even going to be on the show, and so like in the first like you know two minutes of the thing, you're like Carl Gugino. Right. You know? <laughs> I had to like stop and look it up. I'm like, is that Carl Gugino? I'm yeah. like, okay, this is great. That, that, great- that being said. Yeah. What do you think of this trope of like the, the you know, I'm going to tell you this story. And, and by the way, and this this bothers me. Yeah. They're not even at fucking Bly Manor. They're, you can't right. even find Bly Manor. Right. They're at some other castle that like maybe later we'll see the haunting of that. I thought it was senseless and useless beyond the fact that we got Carla Gugino. Yeah. But, well, but tell me I'm wrong. No, I, I love hearing it. I, I enjoy it as a, I think it is tropey. <laughs> I, I do think it's I do think it's tropey. Uh-huh. Uh, Nine hour I, story, Josh. But I but I think I think by who's still yeah. I would love I would love to know like how long were people like sitting around like hearing her tell the tale and like the well, real time of it yeah, would be yeah, really that, fun. And so like everyone is just like me. being like extraordinarily polite, being like, God, I gotta get out of this yes. conversation. And then we come back in the night. <laughs> I just think at the end of it that uh, Bob Saget and her should make out. Yeah. Uh, how so, I met your and, that, that, and this is how I met my father. It's just like, <laughs> it's just like how, really? how, how long like was that going for? And right. like, uh, and then you it know. goes all the way back there to basically tell us that Carl is the gardener right. and you know, we're in America. We're not even at this place that maybe doesn't even exist now. And right now I'm it's t- Fiona and these are all old versions of the characters. And I did feel like a bit of a dummy that it took me longer than probably it should have to piece together that that's what we were driving at. Uh, I don't well, know. I don't know when you got it. Long. Yeah. Oh no, yeah, it took yeah. me a little while too. You know why? Because it wasn't evident. Yeah. It was not yeah. evident. They weren't giving you the right clues. And I feel like this was maybe a fail. I spent a lot of time um, in this season trying to, like, game the narrator situation. Okay, um, Like, I, I spent a good amount of time, like, trying, like, like, what's the big twist going to be? Because clearly there's a big twist coming involving this. And, like, is the story going to end and Carlo Gugino is just, like, going to eat everybody's face off? I would have liked that. You know, it's something like that. that coming up, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I spent a lot of energy on that. And I think, like, <laughs> to, too much, too much, too much energy on, like, sort of the the mystery of who is the narrator and, and what is the, the narrator's whole deal. And I think it was probably around, like, uh, I think it was probably that final episode, like, before they started getting into the flashback, not the flashbacks, um, but, like, everything that happens after they leave the house. I was like, okay, I think that I'm, I'm, I'm figuring out that this is, she's the gardener. 
Yeah, I didn't figure it out to the last episode, and I, I think I'm pretty smart. Yeah. <laughs> but it, to me, and again, maybe I wasn't. That's fine. I, I'm okay with that. But I feel like if you lead with the show as a writer, if you're opening a show on a character, then that character is not, okay, so she's the gardener. But either it's going to be something that we're aware of early, or we, why we understand why we're doing this narrative thread, or like you said, at the end it's going to come and everyone's going to get eaten. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's like it's like a it's it's an emotional underlining, right? You know, like right. it, it it is it is to like, and I, and I think that that's the thing. And I I think for me, the longer that I've thought about Blind Manor, the more satisfying it's been. But it was it, it's been this ride for me from feeling like kind of unsatisfied with it when I was mm -hmm. done. Right. to you know because i because i watched the whole thing a little while ago and like the longer that i've that i've gone on thinking about it and like chewing on some of the themes and like some of the, these ideas about like um you know what does it mean to be alive uh mm -hmm. like what is it what does it mean that like and what is like the extent of your desperation when you're lonely um and like we were saying before like what is it like to live with like a terminal you know diagnosis things like that like how do you find joy in the day-to-day -day? and like the more and more i've like chewed on that the, the more i've i've enjoyed what bly manor was was striving for and i do think that that narrator reveal ends up being a big piece of that and so i i like it more now that i've had like some days to kind of think about the show but i was pretty unsatisfied with it in the initial watching of it uh it just felt like I don't know. It just just because like Hill House was so freaking scary. Hill House, like, Hill I House was just perfect. The to be honest with you, yeah, yeah. but I thought it worked on a lot of levels, character wise. You know, uh, rules of the world wise. Yeah. See, that was another thing. All right, what do you think of the rules of this world of Bly Manor? Did they work consistently for you across the board or not? So, so when you're a ghost, you start like dreaming and you get lost in your dreams, like that. Yeah, you get tucked me. away in a memory. That's what right. that was the whole crux of what we're learning is that when you die, you start dreaming again. It's like Shakespeare. Right, right. You know, there lies the rub. It, it got, dreams may come. It got confusing uh, for me yes. for for a minute there. Uh, and, and also like going this, down to the lake. Yeah, like what all did that all, mean. Yeah, all of that like was was starting to lose me a bit but I, I thought that the way that they played it structurally i, I think the, the episode that everybody seems to be like really falling over themselves about uh and i think rightfully so is that fifth episode it's the one with tania miller as hannah uh and the one where it's starting to reveal to you that like she's dead she's been dead she's been dead for a minute yeah um she's been <laughs> right. dead for a while <laughs> okay but what you're saying great i'm so glad you brought that up josh because what you're saying is like how did he see her at the end right her to tell him how did all of a sudden everybody could see the ghosts and then they couldn't the whole you know up until like episode six or seven well it seems like some of the ghosts like if they weren't aware that they were ghosts you could see them or um in the case of um like the two central ghosts who are trying to take over miles and fiona the kids yeah. um that they could like show themselves when they wanted to like they could appear when they wanted to so like some of these ghosts seem to have more agency and because like Hannah doesn't know that she has a choice as to whether or not to be around, like she doesn't have control over that power because she doesn't even know she's dead. Um, so there would be times where like, you know, like Owen would like spin around and be like, where's Hannah? And she would just kind of be gone. And like, so that, that made some sense to me. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, the, the fact that like, she's just like, that nobody checked the well at any point during like yeah. the last two months nobody or three months or whatever, <laughs> or whatever it was. Always check the well. Always, Always. check the well. Yeah. God, that's Come like, uh, yeah, that's a pretty basic take, rule. Well, let's back up for a second. because If you see a well, <laughs> you want to know what's happened. What if someone yeah. fell? Check that well. Yeah. Right. That you, well. you could have you could have a, a Samara situation right there. Seven days. You could have just <laughs> a regular baby down there. That's what how the um, you want to know. Yeah, that's the, how the all that Doom Patrol shit happened. Wells have shit happen always. There, there What's are, the first thing when Lassie barks that he goes, Jimmy go to the well? <laughs> yeah, it's the first like, place. Think about what could be down there. There could be people in trouble that need your help. There could be treasure. Yeah, there could be a whole other universe. Look in the Goonies. Well. Goonies. Goonies. Yeah. This is Andy. <laughs> you Goody. See, uh, this is why you always look in the well. But look <laughs> in the well. You just don't know. Uh, so that's why they call it a wellness check. Like you have to, you have to constantly be looking. So it was wild to me that they didn't, uh, that they didn't find Hannah earlier. Me too. Oh, but I want to take a step back for a second and talk for a moment about Henry Thomas. Yes. I mean, I'm just going to unabashedly say I thought he was the star of this show. He was the one I wanted to see the most. Yeah. Um, so 
so this was so help me with this. Okay. Um because it seems like one of the things in this show is like there are there are literal ghosts, but then there's just like the figurative ghosts, right? Like there are some ghosts that are just like what you're haunted by, right? Like right. so so there's in the case of Danny, it's like who she's haunted by, like her her old fiance who's got like the super flashy glasses. He looks like uh, Elijah right. Wood in Sin City. Uh, like that's <laughs> nice. like the that's like the the thing that keeps popping up. And so that's yes. not an actual ghost. It's just like a memory. Um, mm-hmm. Is are are the multiple Henry Thomases like was is that an it's his actual alter ego? Is no, it a literal alter ego? ego or is it just like in his head of just like I'm a piece of shit and this is me when I'm a piece of shit and this in is- his head it, it's Brad Pitt in um it's Brad Pitt in Fight Club. Got it. Got it, you know, got it's it, always it. been Ed Norton. Ed Norton yeah. was always, got you know, it. with Helena Bonham Carter. You know, yeah. uh, he just thought he was Brad Pitt and he was upstairs. Yeah. Um, so that's who the Henry uh, Thomas's alter ego is, which I love. Very scary. Um, yeah. Like, I think he did this thing where, like, uh, man, we're a long way from E.T. with this guy. Like, he just like the, the way that he he channels the just, accent. Like, like just like the accent was really good, oh, but like sort of like just like the creepy grin really yeah. freaked me out. And like the body movement and like how he would just like kind of like turn like very rigidly or like sort of like the, like when he's like levitating over himself. And so like, it's <laughs> not only that he does such like a great job of being so horrifying, but Henry Thomas as an actor also does like a very commendable job of being horrified by himself. Yes. <laughs> Which, yeah, you know, I think is the is mark of someone really good. Yeah, he's a vulnerable actor. So when he's yeah. looking into the face of his alter ego a lot, he does look horrified. Yes. I, yeah. I thought his performance was uh, by far the performance of the show. Do you have someone you liked more than him? I, I really liked Tania Miller as Hannah. I, I just really liked that character. Mm. I thought that that was great. Um, And like, yeah, he's like a problematic piece of shit. But Oliver Jackson <laughs> Cohen as Peter, I thought was really magnetic. Um, mm. even like, cause like it takes a while before you start seeing that character. Cause he's, he's just like, you know, ghost flashes in the past, but right. I, he was very notable for me, um, from the haunting of Hill house because he's the older version of like the cutest kid in the cast, like, uh, the little, like Jonathan Lipnicki kid. Uh, <laughs> and like, he's like the old, it's like, how did this become that? That's crazy. There's hope for all <laughs> like of Jerry us. Jerry O'Connell. You know? Yeah. It's just like wild. Stand uh, by me to today. You know, like, how do you do that? Oh my God. Am I going to grow up like that one day? Cool. Uh, and so. <laughs> It's all hope. It really does. Uh, yeah, and so, like, I, I, I think that, like, they did something really cool with him where he got to play a very different character. Like, he's sort of like a, uh, you know, a bit of like a tragic hero in, in Hill House. And in here, he's like a tragic villain. And um, there was like, no redeemability for this guy. No. And it's, but, but, but there, there really isn't. But, like, you understand where he's coming from and that's such a hard sell with a bad guy who's doing the kind of things he's doing where like he's like uh luring his girlfriend into drowning herself so she could be stuck with him forever so he's not alone um that he's trying to lure this poor kid miles into like tucking his memories away into the tuck away memory drawer for the rest of existence yeah just to live in the forever house with his mom and dad so that he can break out and like it's like that you should not be able to like I guess not that I was ever rooting for it, but you should not be able to like empathize with a character right. who's going after those things. Um, it's a testament to the writing, like that monologue he gives where he's like kneeling down to the kid and like explaining to him mm-hmm. what's going to happen. And we talked about this. We've been working to this. Don't be scared. I got you. Um, mm-hmm. And the performance was just really amazing that that scene, I think um, where he takes over miles was, uh, was probably my favorite scene of the season. Uh, I just thought that that was a really, really great performance. Yeah, listen, I think he's a fantastic actor. Um, I, I agree with what you're saying. Uh, okay, so I want to pick that apart in two ways. The first thing is he says to her when he admits to her, oh, yeah, I, I drew you in here. I made you kill yourself yeah. so you could be trapped in a memory with me so we'll feel each other and I don't have to be alone, right? But then he says, "You, I had to lie to you. You'll understand It'll come clear soon. The others will explain it to you. And they never explained why he had to lie. There was no reason to bring her in there. It just felt selfish. That being said, did you feel like all he, like certain characters, they said certain things. Like all he said was, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like yeah. the other girl with perfectly splendid. Yeah. Was it a little much for you? <laughs> <That's right. laughs> uh, yeah. I guess I didn't realize that he was apologizing so much. Now that you mentioned, he, he really was. And I, I mean, it makes sense because dude's got a lot that he should feel sorry about. <laughs> yeah, he really you know? does. You think he ever? And especially, it's got to get really awkward. Like if his plan doesn't work out, and he's just going to be stuck with his, you know, his his now dead girlfriend for the rest of eternity until their faces melt off and they don't remember anything anymore. <laughs> that like, yeah, he's got to like work really hard to get her to forgive him. It's like because well, otherwise, yeah. it's we just have each other, and like 
if you're not going to talk to me, then what was the point of any of it? So I'm so sorry. I really should have told sorry. you more. <laughs> I really, I really but Peter Quint is yeah. where I feel there's some some glaring, you know, sort of cracks in the veneer, which is uh, why at that moment does the lady in the lake, does Viola decide, and again, a lady in the lake, I mean, yeah. didn't anyone get this with M. Night Shyamalan? That doesn't... Just, oh, was that the late the lady in the? Yeah. I haven't seen that one, so Whatever don't spoil the twist for me. <laughs> I don't know, don't, Lady of the Lake. I assume the twist. There's no twist in that particular. Really, one. there's the no twist, twist in Lady Bryce, in the Water. The, the twist is it's Bryce Dallas Howard. You have to watch <laughs> it for two hours. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. no, that's the twist. There really isn't a twist. <laughs> there's a dude with one muscular arm and one skinny arm, and that's about all that happens. Oh, that's kind of cool. Like Hulk, uh, Smart Hulk, like post yeah. snap. Like those stories about the guy that just jerks off with one hand. That kind oh, of shit. Oh yeah, so he's just like really buff on one arm. Got yeah. It. Cool. Yeah, it's one of those every every person has a purpose kind of shows. So that's all. the oh, twist cool. is they figure out what to do with his one bulky <laughs> arm. <laughs> I, all right. So don't spoil that for me. That okay, but, sounds like a surprise in the making. OK, but let's talk about that. this because he yeah. says he's got this plan, right? Which which for all intents and purposes, his plan is he's going to steal 200,000 pounds, which is what? Yeah. $300,000. Or, or I hope that you did that currency check in advance. I did. Because uh, I did. In okay. 1987, it was actually about closer to it was closer to 500,000. So it was about okay. half a million dollars in 1987. He's got a plan, right? And We're going to abscond. What, We're going to the states, right? And he says, "Just pack a bag," like which is weird. Like I bought tickets. I did this. She's like, "Okay, I'll pack a bag." So she has to know there's something wrong. Why, from the moment he steps out of the room, is that when the Lady of the Lake decides to kill him, and why? Yeah, um, that was confusing to me as well. Um, okay. Like exactly like what? Because I think maybe at that point, like the Lady in the Lake it seems like she is like more of like a primal force of nature at that point. Like, I think that that seems to be the point with the ghosts, right? Faces mm -hmm. fade away. It's a very creepy effect. Their memories fade away. They forget who they are. They, what is it? They, they, they dream, they wake, they walk, they sleep, they wake, they walk, they sleep. And like right. over and over and over again, to the point that like, you don't remember what, what you were dreaming about. You don't remember why you were walking. Who so, you are, what so your like family a, was. At a certain point to me, I felt like the lady of the lake was just sort of like a, like a silent hill character, right? Like just like sort of like this terrifying, like force of malevolence. That's just like running around to, to, to like, just totally like mess shit up. Um, right. And like, Peter Quint just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. But if there was like something unique about Peter and his plan that attracted the ire of the lady of the lake, right, right over yeah, my me head. Too. Yeah. So, so doesn't that seem just a little happenstance? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. But I mean, I, I also think that that's a hallmark of, uh, of, of a haunted house story, right? Like it's not like, uh, you know, the, the scary ghosts, they just want, they just, they're bored and they want to kill people. And so like, <laughs> you know, like you could always just assign it to that. It's just like, oh, there's a human jealous that they're a human, that they're alive. I'm going to just make sure I'm going to take that from them. Um, these ghosts are very petty, Cliff, is what it comes Well, no, no, no. I think I'm seeing that. But then why, uh, you know, in the end, of course, because, you know, uh, you know, listen, here's the thing. And we already said spoiler alert. Wouldn't you have liked it much better if everyone died? Always. Yes. You know, <laughs> like, right. like, like I, was I, I, guess I, was, I guess I was kind of expecting that, too. Um, Me too. Because, you know, this is this is at least lightly based on like the others. Right. Like, and right. isn't that like a central twist of that? So, like, I part of me was thinking, like, how many of these people are dead already versus how many of them will end up being dead? And so, like, the narrator is talking to a group of people who are moving into the house now. Like, mm -hmm. uh, like, that's what that framing device is. So I spent a lot of time thinking about that. And so. Uh, one of the reasons why I wish that that had been the case, that they were, that they all died mm -hmm. was so that like all of that uh, storytelling, mental energy, like into like the playing the guessing game right. had, had uh, <laughs> bore fruit to, right. to some extent. Yeah, bore more uh, fruit. Yeah. Right. I'm, with <laughs> I'm with you. But I also felt like I kind of wanted to see a lot of them die. I mean, they were so yeah. awful. There was yeah. so much that was not redeemable about any of them. Yeah. And, and to, to, to end it the way they did. So basically everybody lives, you know, Everyone who was already much. alive. Yeah. yeah. And then they to wait the way they end it, we don't even see Flora or Miles. Like we're supposed to see those are the older versions of them, but wouldn't that have been more satisfying, maybe? To see um, like the, the, the candid versions of them? Yeah, like to actually see how they grew up and not hear uh, Owen talk about it in some restaurant. Yeah, but uh, would it would it have been a, a tough leap because like 
you know, a difference between this and Hill House. So Hill House also obviously plays with like generations. And so there's, you know, the the young version of all of the characters and the there's the old version of all the characters. But those right. are like two central timelines you're following the whole way through. Here in Blind yes. Manor, you don't really know that that's where you're going necessarily. Mm-hmm. So like you would have to like, I feel like seed that throughout the season that you're going to see people playing like older Miles, older Fiona. Otherwise, it would be very jarring for me to spend a ton of time in that final episode with new actors playing these characters. Because I think a big piece of why this season worked for me mm-hmm. was the was the casting of Miles and Flora. Um, I thought they were great. And we I live in this time where there's so many bad kid actors oh, on TV and so many awesome. like really dreadful like kid Amen. characters that you have to wade through. And this was uh, like a beautiful beautiful exception to that rule uh, where like they cast those kids really well where they could be at, at you know in turns like you really felt for them and you wanted them to be safe and you wanted to like leap through your screen and be like, stay away from miles. Uh, <laughs> and then at the other time being like, Fiona, Oh God, stop looking at the lake. You're scaring the shit out of me. Uh, so like they, they really did great. That's such a tough needle to thread. And like, you can yep. do that with effects and score and writing. But like, if you don't have, uh, first of all, they're, they're aesthetic. Like they just look like scary ghost English countryside kids. Oh yeah. They were pasty, but they, but, but they but just gorgeous. Like, they played that very yep. well. So they uh, did. They were great yeah. looking and pasty as fuck. So and, pasty. Yeah. <laughs> and yet they spoke like literally like little adults, like little Lord Fauntleroy's, mm-hmm. you know, but really I thought they were, and all I do is complain about kid actors. So yeah. I was, I was enthralled, excuse yeah, me, enthralled really by their, by the, what the, they were able to get out of them. So yeah. It, Yes, thank you for that. So, so that's the thing Go is on. like I feel like yep. if we'd spend a lot of time with them as adults, I'd be like, uh, like I just miss the kids, you know. Mm. Like I like them better when they were like scary little. Kids. It too sucked. Yeah, it too. <laughs> yeah. I haven't done it too yet. Yeah. Uh, so no? I didn't. I didn't. You spend it all with the adults, and they're fine. And but people love Bill Hader, though. No. Yeah, you. Like, oh, Bill Hader's fine. It's, it's not great. bad. It's just that the kids, because kids are scared. Yeah. Kids. It's yeah. an adventure for kids. For adults, it's just the more shit I got to do. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I, like I live that every day. Like, okay, so I don't need to see that in the movie. You're not wrong. It's too painful. Let's take a moment, okay, and, and just talk about episode nine. So yeah. this episode, uh, not episode nine, episode eight. So it's nine episodes. So episode eight, yeah. which is the standalone episode of the history of Bly yeah. Manor. This is like, this is why shit's so fucked up. Right. This is why there's a lady in the lake. Mm-hmm. This is why, how it happened. And it's obviously murder between siblings and uh, sex and uh, you know, yeah. money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very old school. Uh, you know, this is a, a tale as old as time. Uh, but what'd you think of the episode? I thought it was all right. Um, okay. I thought it was fine. At this point, like, I kind of felt like I didn't need it necessarily. Right. Um you know, it was it was all right. It was it was very reflective of the modern story that we were dealing with to a certain extent, right? That like sort of uh, like this whole backstory of like Viola and her sister, and like the the husband who like kind of loves the sister or whatever. Like was just like that was like the Henry story. Right. Um, so like you know, on on some level, I I always do enjoy it. Like when a story can like deepen its themes that way. If like one of the themes is like we just keep doing this over and over again. And there is like that repetitive nature that's built into like the ghost cycle in this show, right? Mm-hmm. Like there is like you're dreaming constantly. And so all of this has happened before all of this will happen again type stuff. So like, I, I, I appreciate that concept, but it felt disruptive to me because we slam straight from, is at the end of episode seven when the lady in the lake attacks Danny. And now yeah. we do a lady in the lake flashback. Like, Netflix shows tend to do this. I feel like mm. where like you're in the, you're in the middle of a thing. I'm thinking like Strange Things season two. So Strange Things season two is like, they just got Bob. Everyone's in the cabin. Like shit's going wild. And oh my God, everyone's coming in. And wait a minute, we're in Chicago with Eleven and there's like all the super punks and what the fuck? Why is this happening now? I don't care about any of this right now. Uh, Am I watching the same show? Yeah. It's like a momentum railroader, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong. I, here's the thing. Could it, you know, I always ask myself this. Could an episode be taken out completely and not missed? Right. And in this case, I say yes. I think probably. Did you not have woven flashbacks yeah. from that episode into the, all eight episodes to tell the same story in eight minutes? Can you imagine being in the room where Carlo Gugino is telling this story to everybody? She's like, oh, and by the way, <laughs> uh, I forgot to tell you about the Lady of the Lake. Just a sidebar here. They're like, but 
just attack the lady. Yeah, uh, what do you mean? We've been waiting for this. Like, Victoria uh, Vajetti, you know, like, overacting and gagging. I wanted to right. see that the whole time. You know, and then, like... <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're going back to, like, you know, the Victorian era, and we're seeing Dangerous Liaisons. One thing that I did think was cool about In it... In black and white. One thing I thought was cool about it was to see the quarantine doctor. I was like, yeah. oh, wow, what a mask. I love uh, that you, mask. If you play video games, you know that mask well. You don't, you don't see them around in today's day and age. Uh, we've Not really yet. upgraded our quarantine mask here. I guess maybe the, the more apocalyptic this situation gets, we may we have to go back. Bring the, Someone's going like that for Halloween. Oh, yeah. God. All right. <laughs> uh, well, I have many Zoom Halloween appearances lined up, Cliff, and I will make sure to. Uh, to yeah, please get uh, me. Maybe I'll show those. up at uh, Jason's Halloween thing that he was talking about before, and I'll. <laughs> right, I'll you can't knock my, the door, all my quarantine but... mask on. Yeah, you couldn't really like swivel your head. That'd be hard to like actually like a good measure of uh, six foot six distance. Feet. Yeah, yeah, they, they got feet. social distance yeah, and their faces covered. It had <laughs> Smart. Both. Yeah, yeah, it was very utilitarian. It was cool to see that character. There, there were like aspects of it that were cool. Um, I'll tell you what, I, I'm, I'm curious to see like what is the future of this franchise? And like, mm. so we, we did like a contemporary story in Hill House. Now we're, we're, we're traveling to the eighties here in Bly Manor. What's the third haunting of going to be? And like, how far back will it go? Like, um, would you want to see like another modern version of this or would you want, um, would you want something that was like, cause like would the Victorian stuff be more palatable if like you were living there and that was like where your expectation level was at? Yeah, like, that's maybe. The show. Yeah. yeah, maybe. But I mean, you know, what do I, my favorite versions, you know, of American Horror Story are The Cult and yeah. Apocalypse. Yeah. You know, the more modern and interesting and weird, you know, that's, I think, the stuff that's going to land. Yeah, yeah. Um, Look, we can spend uh, nine episodes inside a Victorian uh, story if it's compelling enough, I guess, right? But it's been done. It's been done, I think, is the thing. Yeah. Yeah, what are you, you going to say, Jason? Oh, nothing. I was doing a little red lighting. But, oh, uh, man, really? But also... Really? Um, Look at that, Josh. I think that this is one of those really interesting things. Red light mean like we're in danger or red light? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're in danger. It's my way of telling Cliff, hey, wrap it up, Buster. Oh, okay. Uh, well, we were just going to, yeah. But I was thinking, no, you're good. Um, <laughs> but I was thinking that it would be fun to do something, you know, and, and actually get international with this a little bit more. Yeah. Like tell haunted house stories out of a Japanese, you know, yeah. story or a Chinese, you know, somewhere outside yeah. of the, the traditional English, Irish. Like New England, UK, yeah. Yeah. you know, these these are also like, yeah, the contemporary setting is cool, but these are things that I feel like uh, we've seen. Start well, dealing could, with, you know, because there's so many awesome haunted stories and ghosts the, the, yes. the in, in Asian lore yes. um, that, that could be explored in a fun way that, you know, but we let don't me even need- say it a step further, Jason. I could take an entire season, more so than the Victorian era, Josh. I could take a whole season in like Korea, in South Korea, and some crazy story, and the whole thing subtitled with cool. all their demons, and I'll watch that in a second. Yeah, that would be awesome. That would be really, really, really neat. I think that that'd, that'd be, be an fun. It, way. it would also be cool because uh, Mike Flanagan is such a great filmmaker and yeah. does wonders within this genre. I think because he is so grounded in people, um, and that mm-hmm. is like the, that's the consistent through line across uh, Hill House and Bly Manor and his big body of, of, of film work. Uh, and I think that it would be a, uh, a new side of him as a, as a creator uh, to take him uh, to a space like that. I think that that would be really cool. Also, maybe to take uh, The Haunting literally to space. I think yeah. it could be cool to <laughs> yeah, do The cool. Haunting of uh, a satellite. Space Station. Yeah, that would be yeah, yeah, I think those, those, those are the ways this will be fun. What's, what's interesting about this that this doesn't necessarily apply to all the TV shows because I know that Netflix now has like a three and done kind of rule basically for most yeah, of the tv shows like every that. october no matter what everybody's gonna forget whether they liked it or not the year before and they're just gonna go halloween content let's do this yeah it'll go number one every time and it, you can you can experiment because of that wait I so think. this is my last question before josh i'm gonna let you let you go on this question but yeah. let me let, because jason brought something up right halloween this thing comes out it is the number one right yeah. now was it the twofold was it number one last year at halloween uh so it came out in 2018 um, oh, two years. Okay, so but two years ago. I don't know if it was number one. Um, but they didn't have that back then. Yeah, I I don't That's know. Interesting. I think, but okay, it but felt it felt very that. buzzy. It felt very buzzy, but it had it like did. sort of this gradual buzz. I'll see. I'll I'll be really curious to see like what was the lifespan conversationally of Hill House versus what's going to be the lifespan conversationally of Fly Manor. I think next week no one's talking about it anymore. Well, right, and I've already it's... been uh, surprised by how much people have been talking about it this time. I I. That was a surprise to me. I didn't well, you're also not going to get um, all your traditional Halloween uh, movies that are coming out. Like, you're, you know, we would have had Jigsaw or the new Saw movie True. out mm. by now. We True. would have had something from somebody else. This is it. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, there's some other little things, but in general, this Hoobie is Halloween. Be, yeah, Hoobie Halloween. <laughs> yeah, <keep going. laughs> that whole, all this, a couple of those uh, Blumhouse hall, uh, horror show movies yeah. that are coming out on Amazon, and all yeah, that like stuff. with Vince Vaughn or something. There's yeah, one yeah. with a serial killer with the girl. But here's what here was the second part of the question before I let you go, Josh. Is this? It comes out this weekend, right? You know, this last this past yeah. uh, you know Tuesday or whatever it was, right? And um, it comes out against nothing. So it being number one is great and all, but if it was going up against Umbrella and a bunch of other things, is it still tracking? I don't know. Uh, I, I think like Jason, to your point that there's like nothing else that's like new and scary right now mm -hmm. that I think that that makes a difference. So like the other element to take into the equation is like um, the, what world are we living in? Which plant, which earth prime Earth three, where there is no COVID-19, like, uh, mm. you know, and there is new content. People were able to go to theaters. I think that makes uh, the biggest difference uh, yeah. even more so than like Netflix's own programming. But the fact that there's been so much chatter about Bly Manor does suggest to me that like these haunting uh, shows, uh, the haunting franchise has more life to it than, than I had given it credit for. Mm -hmm. uh, I was pretty cynical that this was going to hit, especially like seeing what I saw and knowing this is like kind of a, a quieter story. Um, and that's why I do wonder like, what are the legs on this? Like for the next couple of weeks, um, that'll, that'll be what I'm, I'm really interested to see. But like in terms of like this first initial burst, it really does feel like a ton of people set a lot of time uh, down this weekend to just crush all nine episodes. That That's uh, Netflix has got to be feeling pretty good about that. I crushed them all in Snorgram. Yeah, <laughs> that was something else. Never mind. Nice, nice. Well, Josh, well, thank you so well. much. Yeah. Cool. Look in the well. If you haven't learned anything from Josh Wiggler, check the well appearance the well. here today. Check the well. Yeah, that's the hashtag. Answer. Check the well. Yeah. Josh, thank you so much for being here, man. Please come back and talk more shows with us. Absolutely. Let me know. You got my number. So Love awesome. It. Thanks, really brother. You want a real quick shout out for your podcast? Yes, yeah, please. So, uh, I do post show recaps is the podcast I do where we talk all sorts of TV nonsense and movie nonsense over there. So check it out, postshowrecaps.com. If you like, uh, I do a weekly lost rewatch. Uh, so is it on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify? It's everywhere places? you can get your podcast. So post check out post show recaps. Seek post it show out. Recap. Yep, post show recaps. Seek it out. That's where we are. And uh, yeah. Good, not a, not enough well chatter, but I'll I'll take that. Back. <laughs> that'll be the, ne the next episode. That'll That's, be the next in the no. the, the post show recap. This is the water uh, and this is the well collection. <laughs> you can just do all well based. <laughs> show. Peak watch, for sure. yeah. All right, all right great brother. times. Thanks so much Josh. for having me. I'll definitely come back whenever you want. Josh Wiggler, ladies and gentlemen. Right, yeah. Thank you, buddy. All right. Oh, Woo. that was awesome. Yeah, and, that was awesome. and listen, He's great. I was glad he gave me another side to it because I was not thrilled no. with it. And uh, we've talked about it. So, so you know, but he definitely made me see another side of it. And, and what you said is I, I think the sort of ultimate of it is that if it comes out every year at Halloween, no one gives a shit. You know, people are going to like it. You know, yep. there's a lot of, you know, those Annabelle, that whole Annabelle series of shows where they're all kind of connected. There's that Annabelle universe mm -hmm. of movies. They don't scare me at all. And they're not to me the greatest, but people love those certain things and those tied in universes like that. Right. Um, you know, I thought it's America got a sci-fi element to it. Yeah, it's got, well, there's a, there's a mystery of it. There's the story, like mm -hmm. a good ghost story has a twist where people die at the end, no matter what. Right. And so if you have a, you know, if you have a, if you have a whole collection of those stories that are continuously going and there's like this, you know, this dread out there in the world. Like it feels scarier somehow because it's connected to all these other things. And these are all, I, is, is Bly Manor based on a true, I'm going to put in quotes, like a true story kind of thing or Not that I, I feel like Hill House was. Oh yeah. I, I feel like Hill House was too, to some degree, you know, uh, but I didn't hear anything about Bly being, uh, you know, that was the other thing too with American horror story. It's always American horror story. Like but to say the haunting of, if it's the haunting of, then it should be the haunting of one thing and everyone's always going there. You know, mm. uh, otherwise, and I understand you want to move the set, uh, but I don't feel it resonates the same as, let's say, an American horror story. Right. Which, again, I'm not the hugest fan of either. Because you're not, you're not, you're swapping genres there a lot of times with the, not genres all the way, but you're the, the basic pieces. You have the set piece of the asylum, you have the set piece of the haunted house, the, the set piece of the circus, and then you're throwing, like you guys were talking about, aliens and demonic nuns and and <laughs> and crazy bulls and whatever into that right. whole situation. Whereas this, I, I, I like the idea of, you know, because with the, you know, and, and I think this is why I like the first one. You can tell it, and we talk about this on some other things, and we're going to get into uh, Lovecraft. You can tell a family story within a haunted house story. You can talk about abuse. You can talk about, you know, disconnected families. You can talk about certain things and use that haunted house story to kind of wrap it all into each other. So there can be kind of that multi-level. So if they do a haunted house story, 
and they're really applying something interesting to the top of it, I think you can do that. Um, but I don't know, maybe, and that's why I'd like to see something out of Asia. That's why, you know, I did, India, I love that idea. China, Korea, like you said, like using some of those creatures and these mystical beings, um, you know, hey, Egypt, I would love there. some, I would love to hear, like, I would love to understand a haunted house story out of the Middle East, you know? Yeah. Listen, by the way, I would love to see a haunting inside a pyramid. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like or just even, even in modern day, you know, even the model day, modern day, I know there's ghost stories and there's, you know, there's hauntings and there's all this stuff, but I don't know. I don't, I couldn't tell you a single tale outside of the stuff that, you know, out of any of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, listen, it, it, I had my issue. I had a lot of issues with Bly. Don't get me wrong. And, and Victoria Pedretti, who normally, I mean, you know, I love her as an actor. Mm -hmm. uh, this to me was just, it was a lot of big over the top, you know, things that I just, and, and also here's the thing, like, like you said, it was a, what they tried to do was make a love story, not a, mm -hmm. not a scary story. And they actually say it at the end mm -hmm. in exposition, you know, and, and, uh, it, I didn't feel that connection between the gardener and, uh, and Victoria Pedretti at all. Like, I didn't feel this real love. And not even like I did between Owen and Hannah. So, you know, I didn't love it. No. It's all right. I, I wanted to. I really did. I wanted hey. to. No, I feel it. I feel it. I get that. Yeah, you know, but let, let me be clear. Trust it's, me, my love story is going to end in murder, too. So don't worry about it. <laughs> no, I just want to be clear. It's better than a lot of, you know, it's better. there's a lot of crap out there. This is not crap. Right. You know, this is, and, and people will enjoy it. It is slow. I mean, yeah, it's well, really slow. My my biggest problem with horror series is, and mm -hmm. horror movies just basically in general, um, is either one, and it, it and it comes to this, and this is what I felt about American Horror Story. I thought, like, even even in the best seasons, they you they get to about three quarters of the way there, and then they they shit the ending a lot of times, like because it's so hard to, when you build up over that many times to either close the loops or really end in a scary mm -hmm. way. You know, um, that first season I thought, you know, was pretty good. And then all of a sudden they had to end with like this comedy episode at the end where they're all ghosts and like haunting the house together as best friends. Like, what the <laughs> fuck was that all about? Like, ended the episode before that where it was actually good and you realize that this kid was a school shooter and whatever, but like they, they, they have a hard time ending them. And I also think when you, on the same side, they, they also have a hard time. They want to build all this. You, and this is the thing you want to build all that tension slowly over the first few episodes. So you, you're, you're building up a ten, you know, kind of ratcheting up an intensity that can get really boring and really long. And then on the opposite end of that, you're not going to give, you know, that ending's not going to match the expectation. So you have yes. a few episodes in the middle where you're like, Oh, this is good. And then, just I think it's almost in your best interest to quit two episodes before the end and pretend you they weren't anymore so you can build it and make it scarier in your head. Yo, by the way, you're you're absolutely right. And and this is what I was saying to uh to to Josh was is like for episode nine, where I even I like the actress who plays Viola. She's excellent. She was great in the first season. Uh again, that was just an unnecessary episode. Like you could pull that episode out and watch the series one through eight without any problem. It doesn't explain all that much. I mean, I think we've, you know, we've agreed on this and, and it's, it's, uh, but yet I, I, there are people who love origin stories and, but I just don't feel this landed as an origin story. And I feel like, again, you, it, we had nine episodes. This could have been six and then I might've been in love with it. You know what that is? That's UTA negotiating three more episodes in the contract so that everybody can get paid more money and get more well, no, money. So the UTA can get paid more money because they yep. packaged it. Exactly. Yeah. That is definitely not like a filmmaker's, even the filmmakers in a lot of these want to do six. It tends to be this thing where somebody's trying to package it bigger, not for, for artistic merit, just because that nine episode deal is much more lucrative than that six. Yeah. And, and this is what, and this is why we're seeing the, um, the stripping of the uh, big agencies now yep. uh, because they've become useless and they're, they're albatross, they're albatrosses. Yep. You know, they, they really are. They're, they're like the monkey on your back. They're like, I don't need to, what do I need yeah. you for? Yeah, not interested in this. Yeah, it's kind, yeah. it's kind of crazy. And you're also, like you said, you know, you're you're impeding on the creative now. When you're forcing a, a creator, as Mike Flanagan in this in this case, uh, to to do, and I'm not saying he didn't want to do nine episodes. Maybe he did, though. My guess would be he didn't. Mm. No, I'd, I'd love to know. Sick. I mean, a lot of these writers, especially the person writing the story, it's like they have a strong six, right? Like, it's it's TV's changed, and because it's of all the serialized stuff from the 23 episode. Right. you know, procedural to the 13 episode serialized thing to the mm -hmm. 10 or nine episode serialized thing on streaming, because it's all, it's all being 
fucking stream. So you don't have to fill out anything anymore. If somebody, if you had the option not to have to create filler episodes, Mm -hmm. every, you know, every, all all TV would work like BBC and you'd have like four episodes a year and they'd be fucking awesome. And they'd be two hours long and they'd be perfect. Right. You know, you're right. You're right. But in this scenario, especially like it got to a place where I was watching her walk across the floor, uh, you know, from one and and some of the shots are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Though you're talking like 18 Mississippi to 23 Mississippi of Victoria Pedretti trepidously walking across the floor, mm-hmm. you know, to the next door. And then you have the cut and you're talking another 18 Mississippi seconds of her walking and it's like creeping behind her as it's like moving this way and this way. And then it cuts to her walking into the new room and you're like right. 23 Mississippi yeah, seconds. You're like, I, I counted right. them. I counted Before them. You, 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 you could literally leave the room, microwave a hot dog, come back and miss nothing. Yes, she would have just finished her her rounds of the room. It was like like a Russian film. You're like, I I waited 62 Mississippi for this hot dog to be finished. It exploded. I waited so long. And I'm still still not done walking through the house. When I was 10 years old, my Uncle Al in Manhattan took me to the uh, MoMA, to MoMA, Metropolitan Museum of Modern Art. Uh, Museum of Modern Art, sorry. And he takes me, he goes, oh, we're going to see a movie. I was like, oh, okay, like a movie. And we go in the theater and we sit down. And the movie is a Russian art film. And the entire movie, and it's a close to three hours the whole movie is this person in a nightgown like a man in a night but you know it's a night shirt and he's holding a candle and he's in this vast field and he lights the candle and it takes him a while because it's windy to light the candle mm-hmm. and he, he finally lights the candle and he starts walking across the field and every time the candle blew out because it's fucking windy right. he would turn around go back to the field light the candle and the whole movie was him getting from one side of the field to the other side of the field <laughs> with the lit candle without having to go back and light it mm-hmm. that's what this kind of felt like <laughs> to me yeah I, Listen, now, i'm not I'm saying just, don't watch it because i would definitely say that watch it a lot of people are going to love this and yeah. they already do yeah now i think things like this this day definitely um a good space for them and it you know, some of that tension and stuff really works for certain people. It, I don't have time for that part of it. I, I, that would be the part I'd be like, all right, I got, that's what, that's what, those are the kind of things. And this is also a, a thing that I, I don't know if they consider in these things. Like, is this just like cell phone time? Is this tweet time? <laughs> right, Cause that's all it's going to do is it's going to push you away from the action. It's going to, it's not going to relieve the tension. You're just going to go, I got, I got hearthstone to play. I got fucking <laughs> check Insta. Yeah. But but let's say the difference, right? The difference is Nicholas Winding Renfer's, you know, too old to die young. He had 23 Mississippi, 40 Mississippi shots, but the yeah. tension was building within those characters. Oh, yes. Well, the the, characters there's something so compelling. You know, the way he does that in some of his movies, like I've had people that, you know, have, were like, I don't understand. I was like, I love it. Every time, every movie he's made, the other movie he made that didn't do as well uh, with Gosling. With the Thai, uh, Thailand. Uh, I love that movie. And it was super slow. movie, man. It was freaky. And it was like, people are like, it just slow, so slowly paces. Like, yeah, but I can't take my eyes off this movie. Well, I literally he does. Right. It's yeah. compelling. And, and I feel like, you know, in the same regard, that if you're if you're creating your characters correctly then your 23 mississippi you know shots are compelling when there's mm-hmm. nothing happening and nothing being said but someone's walking or staring or just waiting because think how long we you know we take in life it's we do. you know so so be compelling or don't make us watch it i think those <laughs> are the two choices because we already do it that's the choices Right. That's the choices. Okay. So what? What do you got? I feel like you're leading into something. Oh no, no. I was. I was just gonna tell. I was like, okay. So we got. We got about seven minutes left. I don't want to get into too much uh, old stuff or or show stuff because we're gonna have content conversations tomorrow. We are. I want to just give you some entertainment news while we're out, just so you had some stuff. Oh, good. Tell Uh, me what's going on since I don't know. Doc Antle, our boy from Tiger King, has been officially charged with lion cub trafficking. Not for abuse of animals, but for trafficking in lion cubs. So what is that? It's still felonies, obviously. Uh, two felonies and 13 mis- misdemeanors. Her, his uh, two daughters were also charged. So they're denying any wrongdoing, but they are officially um, getting charged. I think they were arrested. And uh, yeah, so that Doc Annell. I mean, there. you know, listen, I don't understand how uh, the FBI and I, I'm, 
um, hypothesizing it's the FBI who brought mm-hmm. down these charges. Yep. You know, they build indictments. They can take seven years to build an indictment. They yep. do psychological profiles on every single person. So let's say they're like looking to indict our company, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you and me. Mm-hmm. They would do uh, psychological profiles. It could take them five years on every single person who works for us. Mm-hmm. And even though, let's say, you and I aren't the kingpins, they will figure out who's going to roll. And the people mm-hmm. who won't roll, they make them the kingpins because they only get convictions. Interesting. Yeah. So, so when you get, it's like if you have state charges, and this is what every friend of mine who's a gangster in my life and law enforcement people have told me state charges, right? Or local charges, you know, it's not good. Right. Federal charges, bad, you're bad. never, they're going to stick you in a hole so deep, you're never going to see light again. Yeah. It's, it's, you can't win. You know, like if they want you, they're they getting get you. you. Yeah. yeah. So, so I have to think in some way, look, Doc Antle, there can't, there can't be anything great about, moving around lion cubs no no if you're not a zoo yeah but he Absolutely. is a zoo right so well yeah but he's a private zoo with, with his own aren't all know. zoos private no well i mean kind of but i think I mean, there I are, yeah, yeah i think there's something private. a little bit different i think there is something a little bit different about some of the zoos maybe you're right but it's i i mean and maybe you know there's just i think there's certain rules and requirements of certain kinds of zoos and he like, wasn't doing it yeah yeah they're not look you know i mean i don't i'd, I'd be curious to see if he does time or he's just going to get probation you know he's got all those misdemeanors those that's usually probation you got two felonies right two counts they got him on yeah they'll probably make him like my guess will be something to the effect of he won't kind of like when hackers aren't allowed to use computers anymore he won't be able to (laughs) pet lions anymore he won't be able to bottle feed any more tigers he might rather go to jail i know right yeah i mean what's a what's a guy like that do if you take away his ability to work with tigers and cubs yeah what's he do uh, you can uh, he can try and teach teenagers algebra because those things are monsters too. Um, <laughs> okay, any other entertainment news? Or is that so it? other entertainment news? So do you know about this uh, uh, episode of The West Wing that they're recreating? What do you mean? Like they're actually recreating it, shooting it? Aaron Sorkin, Martin Sheen, everybody? Yes. So they're doing oh, a full-on reunion of West Wing oh. on HBO Max. It's coming out oh. this month. Um, they're doing a theatrical version of the Hartsfield Landing episode, which is the episode when they're talking about um, some stuff with China. It basically starts out with Rob Lowe and Martin Sheen playing chess and then talking about how to deal with the Chinese. Uh, 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 if Like some stuff between um, Taiwan versus China. And you say uh, the theatrical version, though. What do you mean? Like they're doing it like a play? I think that's what I mean. I think that's what I mean. I think they're (laughs) doing a play. I don't think they're creating a, like a movie version of it. They, from what I've read is that it's, it's actually a theatrical version. I feel like every Uh, show Aaron Sorkin does is theatrical version. I I know. Right. Well, that was a play. Uh, 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 the newsroom was a play. Uh, the, the, uh, what's the other one he did not West wing, but, uh, Oh, studio, uh, uh, studio 60 on the sunset strip. Exactly. That was a play. Mm -hmm. Just had Matt Perry in it. Yep, they're going to shoot it at the oh, okay, so here's here's a little bit more information. So yes. Uh it's going to be for to support When We All Vote, which is a nonprofit from Michelle Obama. It's going to be shot at the Orpheum Theater. Um Dulé Hill's going to be there, Rob Lowe, Allison Janney, Richard Schiff, Bradley Woodford, Martin Sheen. Everybody's going to be doing it. Um they got some guest appearances including Obama, uh, Michelle Obama will be a part of it. Um yeah. Okay, uh, it got a little less interesting for me when the politic thing came in. You know, like if you want to write about politics, awesome. Don't bring politics into it if you're writing about it. But again, I guess it makes sense. I just don't like it. It's uh, all, but it's a, it's a voting thing. So it's just a, a it's like a get out the vote kind I of. I guess anything that helps people to get out the vote is good, right? Yeah, yeah. You it's not. That? It's not. It's still. I mean, obviously, it's run by Michelle Obama, but it's a. It's not a. It's a voter. It's not a like. You have to vote this. It's not a. It's not for the Democratic Party. A lot of the stuff that has been going on, I don't know if you know. Like they've had the um, the. Uh, well, maybe because it's a little bit entertainment based. Like they had the whole cast of Princess Bride um, get together and do a reading of Princess Bride, but that was to support the Wisconsin Democratic movement, right? So for the they, all that money went to that. So Ted Cruz, who's a huge fan of uh, 
of Princess Bride, but also of Staunch Republican, was really sad, and um, and they did not really care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, but, well uh, why yeah. I say it is, if you don't mind, uh, yeah. why I say this is just to be clear: is that I don't have any, you know, I don't like politics, I don't watch it, but I don't have anything against it, and I feel like everybody's good, like everybody should watch it. They're happy if they're happy, right? Uh, I think it's this: I like art for art, so I don't like art when it's like if Aaron Sorkin was like, you know, it'd be cool. Let's just do this thing and it'll be awesome. And it's like, I have this idea for this episode and it's just because he got inspired as opposed to like Michelle Obama is doing this thing with the voting and it becomes like, uh, you know, uh, uh, content ads, you know, it's like where it's a, uh, it's not real, uh, new, what do they call that stuff? Fake you know, ads news? that are, well, is it fake? I don't know what that means. Well, no, when you're reading an article and you think it's an actual article, but then it's oh, really yeah. about a product. Infotainment. Yeah, something um, like that. Sponsored ads. They're just sponsored. They're sponsored posts. But that's kind of what I feel about those kinds of shows. Even though they're all genius, like Aaron Sorkin and all these people, it's yeah. amazing. But then it's like, you didn't just come up with this idea. It was like, oh, let's do something based on politics. Yeah. And then well, come up with something. Yeah. I mean, if you're doing West Wing, you figure that's a very left-leaning show, like more than anything else. And you got the right audience for it. Everybody who's listening, watching oh, yeah. that show is going to be totally into you know, supporting a Michelle, like it's just going to, it's going to raise more awareness for it. It's going to be bigger because yeah, it's going to be huge. It's going to be beyond huge. Huge. Anything else we're done? Yeah. One last thing. And then we got to go. So this kind of goes back to our Betty Broderick, our, our, all that stuff. So the, there's a, the Peacock has ordered the Dr. Death series, which is another one of those horror things coming out of Wondry, like, uh, like the other one was, uh, and they have officially hired, uh, Joshua Jackson to star as Dr. Death. Uh, and so it'll be him. And it looks like we got uh, a couple other people in there that we know. Alec Baldwin, Christian Slater is coming back for another true crimey thing. Um, yeah. That's so I want to let you know when that comes out, that'll be our next show. But uh, oh, yeah. I can't wait. That's going to be great. Josh Jackson, Christian Slater. All right. I'm totally into that. Yeah. Um, all right. You know, and, and I wanted to talk. I know we have to go. I can talk a little tomorrow. You saw the Bill Burr monologue on. Oh Saturday yeah, I want to talk about that. that. I want to get into that a little. Let's go. We'll get in that tomorrow. Yeah, let's do that tomorrow. Uh, so I'm sorry. Let's do that on our next episode. So until our next episode, everybody stay safe, stay sane, stay strong. Jason Smith, Cliff Dorfman. I love you, everybody. Take care. Have a good one. Oh.